This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Thanks. You're welcome. How are you? Oh, wait. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> it's so nice out. It's 50 degrees. That counts as nice. The sun is out. Yes. It's great. How was your trip to Florida? Excellent. Didn't even need a jacket. That was nice. Well, I still Florida. need one here. That's sort of the only thing I they know. have going for them. It was it was good. People <laughs> were nice. The talk was fun. It was good. And speaking of which, I'm going to get some personal stories out of the way. Uh, next weekend, mm-hmm. on March 29th, that weekend anyway, uh, I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin, giving a talk at Free Thought Festival. Oh, it's nice. their eighth annual Free Thought Festival. Um, I'm speaking Saturday afternoon. There's a bunch of awesome people uh, who are speaking all weekend. It's The event is free of charge, and it's in Madis- at the University of Madison in Wisconsin. So cool. if you're in the area, check it out. And I'll go ahead and say my other thing, which is I'm working on two new projects um, that are totally separate from this podcast and no, kind of separate I don't from think the I website have space here. I know, I know. This is more about I'm using our my I know, I'm my using my projects. thing. <laughs> so here's here's the first project. Yeah. One is a bunch of people who maybe listen to this podcast know me because of a YouTube channel that I used to make a bunch of videos for, The Atheist Voice. Um, we haven't posted videos on there in a long time, partly cuz I'm in the middle of a move and partly mm-hmm. because um, I figured, you know, I spend a lot of my time talking about current events mm-hmm. with you and and writing about them, not as much of the Atheism 101 stuff that we used to do on the Atheist Voice channel. Mm-hmm. So unofficially anyway, I think we're going to kind of close that channel down, but I am going to work on a different series okay. that I hope will start in a few months, mm-hmm. and it'll kind of be a rundown, kind of the about the stuff we talk about on this podcast. Sorry, are you trying to um, split our listenership? That's exactly because... what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, but on YouTube, you know, it's a different crowd. Uh, some people sure. like getting their stuff on YouTube. And so it's kind of a condensation of stuff I write about during the week, similar to the show, but not exactly what we do on this show. And so that's one project I'm going to work on later this summer. Cool. And the other one is maybe more of a long-term thing, which is I really want to dig deep into some of the church-state separation cases that have been at the Supreme Court level and that have actually these long histories Mm -hmm. that we never really get to get into because who cares what happened 100 years ago? Let's talk about the case at hand. But those stories are really lengthy, but they need to be told, and I'm really curious about them. And I don't just want to read it for myself. I want to read it, research it, share it with all of you, too. And so this is more of a, I don't know how long those episodes will be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it'll take to make, but I want to work on those. Cool. And so for both of those projects, here's where I'm totally uh, using the privilege of this platform. If you want to support any of those projects or get early access to those projects, mm-hmm. I'm asking you to go to my personal Patreon page. S- I know, I know. bullshit. I know. It's <laughs> patreon.com slash Hemant, Heman T. There you go. Uh, there, you could read all the things there like this is what you give for early access to stuff or get in the credits for them any support you give there it's separate from this show i appreciate it but there you go and the sorry i yeah um the separation church and state one is that also going to be a youtube series that is probably only going to be a podcast i was actually inspired by more of a hardcore history that show where this guy goes on five hour sure uh, explanatory things about some issue in history but then he does like 
five episodes of them. And it's like, this is 25 hours long, yeah. but I'm also still paying attention. Cool. Um, I really like what he does, Dan Carlin, on that show. But this is some version of that. I don't know how long these will be. Mm-hmm. It depends on what I find. But it's one of those, like, if I'm taking time away from the website right. to work on that, mm-hmm. um, I need to also make sure, like, someone's actually listening. Otherwise, <laughs> it's I, I'm better off spending my time writing more posts. Gotcha. So this is kind of the compromise. Well, cool. Good luck. Thanks. Let we'll me know see. how I can Again, help. Again, patreon.com slash Hammond if you want to support those projects. But we also support this podcast. Yeah, those projects don't put food in Dottie's belly. That is so true. So if you that want to support true. us... Patreon.com slash friendly at these podcasts. That is also accurate. support Hammett, but also, also <laughs> support <laughs> us too. Um, man, so this was not the craziest week we've had in a long time. I feel like this is the first yeah. week that there were no like literal or metaphorical explosions. Yeah, there's no like <laughs> overarching story that takes over everything. You know but what? there are a bunch of important ones still, but like yeah, it wasn't, oh my God, this is happening right. It's, right now. You know, it's such a testament to how quickly the news cycle is happening because yeah. we recorded, la- th- today's Friday the yeah. 22nd, we recorded last Thursday, uh-huh. and I feel like Friday a bunch of shit went down. Like, Right, we didn't get to talk about it because it happened over the weekend Yeah, early. exactly. So I don't even have any, it's so, like how fast the news cycle went. I don't have any notes about like the New Zealand shooting. Right, or well, that like happened that. Uh, that night, I believe. So... Yeah, we haven't talked about that. Let me, and we'll mention it in in the sense of things that have happened since then. But um, let me start off with something happy. We'll get back to the the shooting in a little bit. But this is news as of like later this week. There is a thing called the General Social Survey that is kind of a large scale survey about everything, and they just came out with 2018 data. Uh-huh. And when it comes to religion, this is the interesting takeaway from this, this, these numbers. People without any organized religion, the nuns, mm-hmm. and that's atheists, agnostics, uh, Christians who don't want to call themselves any yep. denomination, whatever, that group of nuns is now statistically tied for the largest demographic no in America. Yeah, and that is tied with Catholics and roughly tied with uh, evangelical Christians. I mean, we're all at like wow. 23%, give or take the margin of error. And the difference is they're all on the downswing, right. slow, we're but growing. it's done, and we're leaping up really fast. So, it, one uh, professor who they spoke to in a couple of these articles about it said, give it like five years, and the no religion group will be way dominant compared to these other ones. I, I don't know if you have the, these facts in front of you, mm-hmm. but I'm curious if, like, where did those growth numbers come from? Are we leeching off specifically That's Catholics a, and evangelicals, yeah. or are we, like, taking away from, like, Muslims, Hindus? It's a, it's a really good question. So the Catholics and evangelicals have been slowly going down. Uh-huh. One, I, I saw one Christian article that said evangelicals have been relatively steady oh, okay. for the past several it's years. they have so many children. Statistically, they're going to renew their population. Um, yeah, they have more kids than we do. Catholics have a lot more kids mm-hmm. than atheists do, statistically speaking. However, most of our growth is coming from mainline Protestants more than anything else. These are the Christians That's who are not evangelical. very specific. Yeah, they, it's basically the Christians who are not evangelical. We get Which the Presbyterians, we get the Lutherans, yeah. the Methodists, what have you. 
Um, that's where a good chunk of it's coming from. Yeah, there's some Catholics heading in our direction, some evangelicals. But honestly, the other ones you mentioned, like Muslims, Jews, it's not like they had that many, statistically speaking, uh-huh. for us to siphon off of. Right. So the people who end up coming to the no religion camp seem to be a lot of disenfranchised Christians who are like, the hell are you doing with my religion, sure. conservatives? Yeah. I want no part of this I mean, group, and, even though I believe in God. And that makes sense, that sort of more like non-evangelical Christians, that's an easier shift from like, my family's Lutheran. We do Christmas and, and Easter right. mass. Uh, that's enough of that. Like that, that's such an easier transition. Cause you probably don't have to like quote unquote come out to your family. It's yeah. probably an easier step to like a cultural Christian for is sure. easier to be. For and, sure. and so it seems like that's where a lot of our growth is coming from. And also I think there's a lot of people who might call themselves any one of these religious denominations. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if you ask them, like, so what is it that you believe? They're like, well, I I believe in God, just not all the Bible stuff Mm -hmm. or the the stuff in whatever holy book. And no, I don't think the communion wafer is literally. I mean, they are Catholic if you ask them to give me a name, Mm -hmm. but they don't really believe. And some of them are now coming to terms with you know what? I think I can just say I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also part of the growth, that they're, we've been there all along. Yeah. And now some of them are more likely to recognize it. Yeah, and I and I think that's why, thing, you know, doing things like this, I feel like I... People, like the podcast, you Like mean? the podcast. Yeah. Like, people get... A, we get a lot of guff, not us personally, but, like, atheists just in general. You. It's just me personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of guff of, like, oh, if you're an atheist, like, why does it matter? Why do you... All it is... It's important to put yourself out there in in a way that other people can see and see examples of like, oh, there's people in the world who aren't Christian and still have morals or aren't right. Christian, period. And just visibility matters. So. Yeah, visibility is huge. Mm-hmm. Again, it's realizing, oh, yeah, no, I match what you guys are saying right. or any insert any atheist here. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I align with that. Did and that sound too it, self-congratulatory? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, I, it wasn't a good I'm look. judging you. Okay. And keep in mind that two of the largest religious denominations in the country, Catholics and Southern Baptists, like mm-hmm. the two religious kings in terms of numbers, both of them have their own sex scandals, abuse scandals that yeah. are going on as we speak. Mm-hmm. And you have to imagine a whole bunch of those people are going to be like, I want no part in this organization. Right. And again, they're not becoming atheists, mm-hmm. but they're like, don't call me a Southern Baptist. I just believe in God, but I have no affiliation with right. them. Um, I think that's going to happen more. So interesting. Yeah, I think generationally, that. you know, if you, if you are like, well, I'm still a Christian, but I don't affiliate with the church anymore. Cause it's probably more likely that their kids would probably be less religious. Yeah. yeah. And and they did, uh, I didn't look up the age separations here, but I have to imagine that again, younger people, this is no religion is the highest on the list. Mm -hmm. And that the numbers I'm talking about where everyone's at like 23%, Mm -hmm. that's when you include everybody. Sure. And, that age level goes up when we're talking about these religious groups. So right. interesting. Um, since you mentioned the attacks in New Zealand, here's a story that happened later this week that is not directly with the shooting, but it does concern the stuff we talk about. So um, the Atheist Society of Calgary, local group in, in Canada, mm-hmm. they were they invited a speaker to come give a talk at Mount Royal University. His name is Armin Navabi. He runs a group on Facebook called The Atheist Republic. He, he does a lot of activism. He's an ex-Muslim. Mm. He talks about Islam. He's critical of Islam. 
Um, so he was going to give a talk there. And at like almost the last second, the school sent the organization an email. Uh, here's what they said. In light of the shooting last week and the responses to the event we have received from students and staff, we are going to have to cancel hosting your event with Armin on hmm. campus on Thursday. And here's the thing. So they ended up finding a space for him to speak at a different off-campus location. He still gave a talk. Mm. But this idea that, well, look, the shooting happened. There were Muslim victims. So your guy who's critical of Islam, we're going to say he can't talk here. Mm. That, to me, seems like it's completely uh, overstepping the bounds of what they ought to be doing. It's not like he was going up there and saying, oh, those victims, they were wrong and dumb. That's not what he was doing. And the question that I've been struggling to try to find an answer, and I, I haven't gotten one yet, mm. um, is from the school. When's a good time to criticize Islam or religion in general? Because I don't think you're ever going to get that. I think if Armin's going to speak there ever, you're going to have people who criticize him because right. he's criticizing Islam. And they want to protect uh, an already oppressed minority group, which mm -hmm. is true. Muslims get a lot of shit. Um, and you got, they got to deal with a lot of shit, but it doesn't mean you can't criticize their beliefs. That You could say the same thing about any religious right. group. What I don't know is, okay, school, tell me what a good time is for him to come. Because they did not say, they said, we're going to postpone this now and maybe we'll figure out a date. Uh, yeah. They didn't say indefinitely. Oh, no. They said in the future you could have him speak mm -hmm. here at on campus, but they didn't give a date. And like, of course they didn't give a date because they don't, <laughs> I don't think they want him to come, period. And Armin's response was like, what do they, I'm quoting, do, what do they want? Do you want to have less conversation? Isn't less conversation exactly what leads people having extreme, to ex people having extreme radical positions? Mm -hmm. I mean, having more conversations is exactly what you need in the face of some tragedy like this. And, and I agree with him on that. To, to, to say that the shooter went after Muslims and, oh, look, this speaker has a problem with Islam. Mm -hmm. And again, you could disagree with his take on it. That's not the issue here. But to almost conflate those two as if they're coming from anywhere in the same vicinity of, here's why I have a problem with Islam. You're coming from two very different places here. No one's condoning what the terrorists did or said or any of his thing. Yeah. That's coming from a place of hate and bigotry. I feel like the criticism of Islam that Armin would be talking about, and I don't know what he was going to say. Uh, maybe he says something that I think is crossing the line. I don't know. But he lived it, a form of it, and he's speaking out against what he considers to be the problems with Islam as a religion. Again, I see that there has to be a place for that because if you say he can't talk, what happens to the next person who says, next atheist who says, I want to just criticize religion in general, right. or I have a problem with uh, evangelical Christianity or whatever? Where does that end? So I'm, I'm sympathetic to the decision that the school made because I feel like in their mind it's bad optics to have an attack on a Muslim population and then immediately have somebody coming in who is being critical. And I'm not saying that that's the right decision. I am, I'm, I, I'm sympathetic to why they felt like they needed to make that decision. That said, I, I think the most important thing you said is that th what motivated the shootings in New Zealand are completely different than what he is, what what the speaker is trying to do. Mm -hmm. the the motivate the motivation for the attacking the attacks in New Zealand were Islamophobic for sure, but I would argue more so they were 
racist and anti-immigrant. I think that Muslim has is often shorthand for many people for brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there ten, you know, this last generation there was a big Muslim um, uh, immigration population in the U.S. and elsewhere. I, I think those two things get conflated. So sometimes I think when people talk about their fear of Muslims or their fear of Islam, they're generally talking more of their fear of otherness at all. You know what I mean? Like just generally otherness, and it's easy to pin that on something. So, yeah, I mean, the the shooter said point blank that he was motivated by the thing, nation, white nationalism and things like mm-hmm. that that we've seen with, with the Trump administration and everybody like that. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree. I do think that it is well within anybody's rights and it's important to give platforms to people who are being critical of something that might otherwise be kind of impervious to criticism. Keep in mind that this sort of talk gets booked well in advance. It's not like they did this right. in light of the shooting. Right. Um, not that I would have necessarily had a problem with that either, because, again, it's a talk about religion. Right. College campuses are places to have those type of controversial talks. Right. Um, I have a problem with a lot of the deplatforming stuff in general. I'd sure. rather people, like, take it up with the speaker during the Q&A. Like, yeah. rip them apart in the Q&A, because they always have a chance for that. But to say no... Be- and they didn't say no because of this thing you said, or right. this thing you're going to say. Right. They just said, no. Like you said, it's the optics. It's No, it th- is. That's and a it's, bad reason to cancel it. It is a bad reason, but, like, I, I do... It's not one of those things that, like, why would you ever do... I understand the conversation that happened behind closed doors. That said, I think a better decision would have been were if they felt like they couldn't hold it this week, let's bump it back a week. Let's bump it back a month. Like, give a new yeah. time that... And even if they did that, though, the whoever complained about him speaking in the first place, they're still going to complain. Do you think people complained, or do you think it was an internal the sort of... The school said we got letters from students and they said they got responses from students and staff. That's their wording. I don't know what they got. But again, I don't think those criticisms are, you shouldn't have him this week is my guess. Yes. No, I think you're right. If they're complaining, they're like, how dare you allow this man to come on campus, period. And not, oh, this is really bad timing. I doubt that's the response. No, I think you're right. And I don't, I feel weird defending the school because I do think what they did was, was wrong, but I think it's not a completely black and white issue. I think it was people doing their best and didn't do anyone's best really. Yes. Um, Here's a, a totally different story here. Lifeway the biggest Christian retailer in the country is yeah. shutting down every one of its brick and mortar stores. Everyone. Every one of them. You are going to have to buy your Christians elsewhere. Even the one in Gold Coast, which has always baffled me. All of them. Have you ever been to that or been Not by to that the one? one in there's downtown Chicago. Yeah, there's one at like Clark, like my parents used to live at like Clark and Division. Okay. And there was one at like Dearborn and Division, which is if you're not from Chicago, like, really prime real estate. And it always blew my mind that there's a giant Lifeway storefront there. And it's, like, (laughs) across the street from Planned Parenthood. Anyway, (laughs) go ahead. Yeah, they're shutting them all down. I mean, 
part of it is, yeah, who, who's buying books, period? I mean, bookstores uh, are going yeah. out of business, yes. and books are a big part of what they sell. Mm-hmm. If you want a Bible, you can get it from other places. If you want a Christian shtick, you can <laughs> get it from other places, too. And they said they're not shutting down the company. They're just moving all their mm-hmm. resources online. Which that, makes sense. That does make sense. But I have to think, like, part of it is also there's been a lot of backlash against the company, too. It's They did not succumb to the same like market forces as Barnes and Noble or uh-huh. Borders because, I mean, the often the, a lot of times when I see them in the news at all, it's because of some crazy decision they made with, like, for example, they had an author who was describing her in, in her memoir, mm-hmm. uh, describing like a sex ed class, and she used the word vagina in the class. I remember this. We they, talked about this. They did not sell her book. In the class. So brave. They removed books by authors who supported marriage equality. Um, They claimed, they removed books uh, by people who claimed to visit heaven because it was found that they lied about it. Like, this is when Lifeway is in the news. And here's the thing. Here's the question I have for you. They're closing down. I mean, it's not something I really necessarily take, like, joy in. They're still still there. Whatever. It's a Christian business. I don't care. Um, But... Here's the question that I, I've seen people debating online, especially in Christian circles. Is this a good or bad thing for Christians and Christian writers? Because here's where they're coming from. If you are a Christian author, the only way like publishers want to work with you mm-hmm. is if when you write your book, they can sell it everywhere possible, right? Like mm-hmm. they want to make bang for their buck. But if you're like an author with unorthodox views that don't like hit that conservative evangelical mindset okay. and you don't share those views, then Lifeway wouldn't sell your books. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they're like, you know what? I'm not going to take a chance giving you a book contract. Let me give it to this pastor who says all the right stuff. And so they would they would give that guy, you know, the book deal, but not the author who's like stirring some shit within the Christian community. And with Lifeway saying, you know what? We're not doing the bookstores anymore. Maybe it gives them more of a chance to say, you know, we'll sell anything now. We don't have to. You're not going to see it on the shelves. Um, and maybe more publishers say, you know what, we can sell you now because we don't have to worry about you getting pulled from the shelves. Maybe that's a good thing in that sense. Yeah, but also, you don't more, you think stirring yeah. controversy on a book is generally good for sales? <sighs> that's a good point, too. Um, yes, but that those controversies can only happen when publishers take that chance on you to yeah. write the oh, book. that's a good point if that barricade is moved out of the way that like, nope, once you write the book, it's on the publishers to sell it and talk about it um, and market it. Yeah. But they don't have to worry about this like retail behemoth standing in their way. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably overall good for, for diversity in Christian authors, right? Like I I would hope so. And again, the only reason I care about that is um, if you want to get rid of like the poisoning of the the Republican Party and the right wing circles that are infected by these conservative Christians, mm-hmm. the way one of the ways to do that is sure you just say all religion is wrong and bad, and that's what a lot of atheists do. But it's it's probably more impactful when you have other Christians saying, "No, you're the people perverting our faith." Right. You guys like there is a space for LGBTQ rights within Christianity, mm-hmm. and here's how we defend that. I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm not saying it's a good argument, 
but it has more potential to sway Christians when you put it that way. Yeah, well... And so those voices, the religious left, the progressive Christians, when you hear more of mm-hmm. those voices, that's good for all of us, and then we can get back to, here's why all of you are wrong. Right. Um, but we can't do that right now, because it's really one strain of Christianity, a very powerful one, that does all the bad shit. Yeah, I mean, I think there is just an element of sort of removing the... Uh, the singular power force of, of something like, and who's to say if they're really going to like how much they're going to contract their sales by going online. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they are still going to be a powerhouse in the world of, of Christian literary publishing, but there's so many good jokes about the closing though. Like this is what happens when you sell only one book. (laughs) (laughs) The store will come back in three days. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's good. Wait, 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 wait. What if no? I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch up your joke. Yeah. This is what happens when you sell, when you only sell one book that you can get free in any hotel room anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, if only they prayed harder. Ah, poor guys. All right. Yeah. No, it is what it is. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense in the marketplace, and I'm it makes sense in it didn't society. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this, this is happening in Illinois. There is a bill on the horizon uh, that would require public schools to include the roles and contributions of LGBTQ people in history classes. Yes, I'm very excited about this. (laughs) It's fine. Like, all it's saying is like, hey, you can talk about Alan Turing Mm -hmm. or whatever, Harvey Milk or Bayard Rustin, like all these people who have contributed to American history a lot of times they get, like, downplayed because, like, let's not talk about Harvey Milk because he was gay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's easier to just say, let's talk about some other stuff. Mm-hmm. This bill's saying, no, don't exclude them. We got to talk about the contributions they made as well mm-hmm. without getting into specifics. It just says, you know, no, no, include no. a study of the roles and contributions <laughs> of LGBTQ people. So um, I, as many people who listen to this regularly know, I like to kind of troll Facebook. Yeah, uh, it's just sort of one of my hobbies. Um, I live a really fulfilling life, um, yeah. and I follow this um, this page. It's like, let's talk Naperville or what's happening in Naperville or something like that. Even though I technically live in Aurora, I'm like right across <laughs> the street. And local Facebook pages are the best. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with them. And like the guy who runs this particular page is so nakedly partisan. It's really funny. <laughs> I mean, he gets called out on it. But anyway, they, they posted something about this. And of course, in a way, like, with everything that's going on in Illinois, do you think this is what our lawmakers should be focusing on? Which, like, cool argument, too. <laughs> like, cool, we're not going to do anything There's, like, to... a thousand bills proposed right, every exactly. session. Exactly. Like, like, they're not all the one bill that you need. Yeah, and we're not going to do anything in this state until we get the budget balance. Like, LOL, our streets are going to fall <laughs> apart. Right. Um, but anyway, so I got into a few pretty good Facebook arguments about this, and a lot of people are like... <laughs> What if we just report on people and leave their genitalia out of it? I was like, "You understand history, sir. Good job. You super get it." And like, it's and then somebody else is like, "Um, I don't need my kindergarten kindergartner learning about sex in history class." I was like, "They're not telling you the positions so, these know, people like, have in the bedroom." Harvey Milk, a famous top, did that. Like, <laughs> that's not what's happening. <laughs> like, what are you 
talking about? Right. You fucking weird beards. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Like it's saying include their names, like talk about what they contributed. Yeah, I didn't learn about because traditionally we just ignore mm-hmm. some of these people. Let's not do that. That's the gist of the bill. Todd Starnes, the Fox News uh, radio, like they banished him to the paid only. <laughs> he's not on TV, really. Oh, buddy. Um, but he's one of these guys who's like, everything Trump says is 100% true, and I will back him up till death, whatever. He had an interview with a Republican state rep in Illinois, Darren Bailey, who is opposed to this bill for exactly the reasons you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing uh, Todd Starnes said of the many untrue things he said... <laughs> Um, I'm confused here why the boys and girls need to learn about people simply because of, you know, who they go to bed with, uh, blah, blah, blah. Where are the heterosexual history classes? I mean, if you're going to go down that path to which Bailey said, yeah, thank you. Where are the hetero history classes, (laughs) Jess? (laughs) (laughs) Because clearly what this bill says is U.S. history is now only gay people. And we only oh talk about sex positions. Really, the only textbook is the Kama Sutra. Um, that might be and the gay version of that it. That might be a worse take than when do we have white history white month? History month. <laughs> that might be a worse take. He said it completely sincerely. Where are the hetero history? Oh classes? my god! I need to find along those lines. There was some. <laughs> like, um, the whole point of this bill is every history class is heterosexual history class. That's what they're trying to fix. Let's not ignore people who shape this country. There, God, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not gonna be able to find it, but there was just a uh, town hall with a Democratic candidate, uh-huh. and I don't even, I didn't. Didn't know his name off the top of my head. Like, he wasn't one of the, like, cluster that I've been following. And somebody asked him, like, would you consider having a female <laughs> VP? Did you see this? Yeah, and I'm trying to struggle for the name, too. It's it's another one of those, like, hard-to-spell names. But he was like, <laughs> how come nobody's asking women if they're going to have a male VP candidate? <laughs> and... Then- <laughs> Like this woman who was interviewing him was like, Ha-ha. <laughs> well, if we get to that place, right? Cool. Wasn't that someone asked like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, how many women should there be on the Supreme Court? When there court? are nine, right. fuck yes, <laughs> RBG. I might get that tattoo. Nice. Uh, Todd Starnes also added. He also complained about this bill because he's like, quote. At some point, you're going to have to explain to the four and five year olds what a lesbian is, what a bisexual is, what a transgender person is. First of all. Hey, four-year-old, what's yeah. a, here's what a gay person is. It's a guy who likes a guy. There, we're done with that conversation. You don't, I don't even think you have to discuss what a trans person is because the kids don't even know their own anatomy. Much no. Like, like, it doesn't. That's beyond the scope of the issue. And I would that's, argue you should teach kids that really early because then you don't run into 45-year-olds being <laughs> like, well, if I feel like a woman one day, right? what's to stop me from going in the woman's locker right. room? If Mike Huckabee actually <laughs> learned about this I was stuff, doing the Mike Huckabee was, voice. How did you know? I, I, I know your impressions. <laughs> yeah. The bill is fine. Uh, like, there's no what reason. What are we talking about? I'll, I'll <laughs> take your history. Yeah, no, that's great. It's important to learn about who contributed <laughs> to our modern world Aside from white dudes, because white dudes wrote the history books, and guess who <laughs> white dudes like to talk about? Spoiler alert, it's other white dudes. <laughs> I have to say, like, this is one of the weird things. Both of us, we live in Illinois, where we right do? now it's it's a Democratic-controlled everything. Mm-hmm. And it's such a... it. And again, there's plenty of shitty, crazy things about Illinois yes. politics, too. But it's kind of nice, 
to kind of see, oh, look, here's a bill that makes sense. Oh, it, it'll probably pass uh-huh. because there are sensible people in charge. Yeah. And like the crazy Bailey type people who are like, what? We have to teach sex positions. Yeah. Like, oh, you it, you don't matter right now. Right. It doesn't matter whether you, that you're insane uh-huh. as opposed to the federal government where those are the people that have all the power. Right. Where it's like, oh, dear God, constant barrage of crazy. But at least... We live right now on yeah. an island where a it's not all crazy oasis. that wins all the time. Yeah, oh. that's wild. Oh. Um, do you want to talk about Please. Chick-fil-A? Let's. So this really harkens back to my early days as a contributor to the Friendly Atheist brand of, of products. <laughs> because <laughs> when I it's started... It's called the Friendly Atheist Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the F-A-C-U. Yeah, fuck you. Got- <laughs> Something like that. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Thank you. Stupid joke. It didn't even make sense. <laughs> um, so when I first started writing for for the blog in 2012, mm-hmm. one of the first like big th- two big quote unquote stories happened that I wrote all about. One was a pastor who said that she wouldn't tip because she said, I only give Jesus 10%. Why should I give you more or something? And that was like a three-week-long oh story. God. And then this, the Chick-fil-A thing, where it came out that the uh, the CEO, whose name is Dan Cathy, um, Cathy? Cathy. Cathy? I believe. Um, he turns out he was like a massive homophobe, which should not be altogether surprising because Chick-fil-A is a famously very Christian... Conservative Christian. Conservative Christian um, company. They don't open on Sundays, whatever. Um, So there was, like, this whole thing. So um, And again, if you weren't around in 2012 or now following all this stuff, the issue was that their corporate wing, like their foundation, was giving money specifically to groups... uh, I forgot which specific ones, but they were ones that are, are like... Liberty Council or the right. American Family Association, where anti-LGBTQ issues are kind of a thing they do. And so whenever yeah. you buy waffle fries, some of that money is going back to hurting LGBTQ people. Right. And Dan Cathy himself was saying Very these things much so. he and said, promoting um, those things. America, so this is when the sort of discussion about gay marriage was in full swing and we weren't sure. It was going state by state, mm-hmm. like dominoes were kind of falling. Um, Dan Cathy said that America is, quote, inviting God's judgment on our nation when we shake our fists at him and say, we know better than you as to what constitutes a marriage. When pre- and then when pressed about the company's anti-gay positions, he said, well, guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. Like all non-guilty people. There were some mayors at the time who were like, there will never be a Chick-fil-A in my city. Yeah, a couple aldermen in Chicago were like, mm, we don't need a Chick-fil-A here. Yeah, now they're here. Yeah, right. (laughs) But one of the things that happened after this whole kerfuffle and it became like a a protest center for Mm -hmm. a lot of... Like if if a brand new Chick-fil-A is opening, it's not just the diehards who want the food standing in line. Right. It's the protesters too. Um, It was a real... it was a real lightning rod. It was at a time when you had like not a barrage of crazy every right. day. This was an easy culture wars issue. Exactly. Um, what happened since then is Chick-fil-A said, look, as a company, we are not going to give money to those anti-gay organizations anymore. Mm-hmm. So back the hell off of us. Yeah. Because again, what Dan Cathy does in his private time Whatever, that's probably not as big of a deal because, like, I don't know who owns Arby's. I'm sure that guy's right. a jerk. Too. I don't know. Right. Maybe he does things I don't like. Yeah. But 
if we go down that line, I mean, every company is probably going to have someone in the chain that mm-hmm. owns the thing that does things you don't like. Right. So forget that for a second. What's the company doing? And the company said we're not giving money to those anymore. Right. But this week, the website Think Progress said, you know, we looked through their corporate statements, and in 2017, which is the last year of material that is available, Mm -hmm. they gave $1.8 million Mm -hmm. to other Christian groups. So Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Salvation Army, uh, I think one or two others. The Paul Anderson Youth Home is the third one. Okay. And like, for example, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, yes, it's a Christian group. Obviously, it's in the name. Mm -hmm. They're not known for being Mm anti-gay. They're known for saying, let's help Christian athletes like pray at their things and we'll support them and whatever it is they do. But if you work for them, you can't be in a same-sex relationship. Mm -hmm. They do promote, in a sense, this idea that if you're gay, you better be abstinent for life. Yeah, they they spread anti-LGBTQ message to... Uh, college athletes and require a strict sexual purity policy for its employees that bars any homosexual acts. Right. So again, if you're giving money to FCA, mm-hmm. you're not directly saying this is about making sure we stop gay people from having the rights, but it but is part of what they do. You are saying that I am fine with a organization enforcing these sorts of, right. of sort of puritanical laws. And Salvation Army has gotten somewhat better on this, I think, but they have a history of saying we're also not going to hire you if you're in a same-sex relationship. Mm-hmm. Again, they've they've weakened that sort of restriction. So again, it's it, it, Chick-fil-A, are they still giving money to anti-gay groups? Depends how much you want to define that. They're giving money to conservative Christian groups mm-hmm. that don't really make it a big part of their mission right. to be anti-gay, but it is there. Yeah. And so... Uh, This week in San Antonio, the San Antonio City Council was voting on what restaurants should be in their city's airports because they have to make a deal about this. Oh, sure. And the company that says we manage a whole bunch of restaurants, we want to manage all of these restaurants Uh in your airport. Here are the 10 we want to give you. uh, And they're all different types. And Chick-fil-A was in the mix. And one of the city councilors in San Antonio said, I don't want to do this deal. Nice. But... Unless you take out Chick-fil-A because we don't like what they stand for. And the overseeing company said, yeah, it's fine. We'll take take Chick-fil-A out (laughs) of the mix. I hear that. I get you. We'll put a different one. (laughs) We don't know which one yet, but like we'll put a different one there. And San Antonio voted six to four in favor of those restaurants going in the airport. So the story that I've seen today is, oh, my God, San Antonio like banned Chick-fil-A from the airport. Eh, Not exactly, (laughs) but kind of. But <laughs> banning is a big word for yeah. what it was. But again, this, they negotiated it out. It's not um, directly connected to the Think Progress report, but mm-hmm. it's a reminder that, hey, Chick-fil-A still kind of has a history with these anti-gay <sighs> Christian groups. Yeah. And again, for San Antonio, uh, the city councilor, it's like, this is kind of a business decision, too, saying, no, when you're in our city, you are welcome here. We mm-hmm. are tolerant. We are inclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we welcome you, and we're not just going to let Chick-fil-A in because we know the message that sends, and right. we don't like it. Right. And again, for the overseeing company, they're like, we just want to make money. Give us the deal. Exactly. If it, if you want no Chick-fil-A, we'll put something. Fine, whatever. Uh, and of course, that is Christian persecution, if you're on yeah. the right. Yeah, I mean, sounds like it to me. <laughs> There's only a Chick-fil-A at Staten Lake, one of the busiest intersections <laughs> in Chicago. I remember the day I was like getting off the train and I saw the storefront go in and I was like, how the fuck did this escape me? <laughs> when did this happen? It's like right next door to the Chicago theater. I anyway. was having this debate with someone this week where it's like, is Chick-fil-A still anti-gay? And it's like... <sighs> 
I don't even know if I would call it anti-gay. I, I know I'm vegetarian, but like I don't want to really give them money yeah, anyway. Yeah, I choose not to spend money there. That's but sort of my thing. also, they're not as anti-gay as they used to be, but they kind of are. Like, I don't know where to put that on. The, if I have a choice, yeah. I'm not eating there. What would you eat there? Fries? Yeah. Do they have anything? I have no idea. I've never been there. Yeah, I... I think I got a milkshake once. When I was um, when I was working in the West Loop, I got off the train at Lake, and they were handing out chicken sandwich, like breakfast chicken sandwiches. I'll tell you what, it was very good. <laughs> I did eat that free sandwich they gave me. And then you know what? Never patronize them again. So that 65 cents is in Jessica's pocket. Well done. And your fucking And it went face. to Planned Parenthood, I'm sure. Probably. Um, a lot of my money does. Side note. Yes. When Chick-fil-A is in an airport, I don't have this in front of me. This is all in my head right now. When Chick-fil-A is in an airport, I mean, they're closed Sundays in the airport too. Uh-huh. But... In most of the places, I think in Minneapolis is where this story like originated. They do have a Chick-fil-A in, Chick-fil-A in the airport there. Mm-hmm. That store makes more money in six days than most of the other stores make in seven. So usually the airports are like, really? yeah, we're, they're like, we're fine with you being here because you still give us the same money you uh-huh. owe the airport for hosting you, right. like the rent you pay or whatever commission we get, whatever the deal is. Um, so the fact that the San Antonio people will not have a Chick-fil-A means they're, they're, they may be missing out on they some money. Leave money on the table. Because um, whatever you replace it with may not have the same reception. But they're doing it because there's a bigger issue in play here. Didn't they put a Chick-fil-A in like a fucking football stadium or something, which makes no sense because football's <laughs> Atlanta on, maybe? I yeah. think it's Atlanta. That sounds right. <laughs> so on game days. What is going on, you guys? Yeah. But they make money on the other days when people are playing other sports. I don't know what they're no, I mean, I guess there's probably, I'm concerts. sure there's like concerts and yeah. stuff, but like that just seems like a really questionable business venture for all parties involved. I mean, again, if that's the only thing they did because they were Christian, like, no, on principle, sure. we don't open on Sunday. It'd be like, wow, that's almost, that's a very impressive that's a nice thing of you. nice principle that you have. Give yeah. your employees the day off. And cool. you're losing money, but, but you stand for it. So good for you. But they don't. They do more than that. And it's not good stuff. Okay. Um, let's talk about Kentucky because we have to, because the governor there, Matt Bevan, is this guy who is, who's been around for years now. He's anti-science. He's pro-gun. He's everything you would expect from a conservative Republican. But he said on a radio show this week uh, that he has nine kids. I think four or five of them are adopted. He said, I have nine kids. We didn't vaccinate them, at least for chicken pox. He said, nope, we just exposed them to chicken pox so they would get it. And then they got better. Mm-hmm. And look, we don't. We did that instead of getting them vaccinated. Ha, 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 ha. So we have the shingles virus. Well, and they this is the thing. Whatever. He said this like, we don't need to get vaccinated because like, like, I just checkmate pro-vaxxers. Right. <laughs> and it's the, every health expert is like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Don't, even if you did it, it's stupid. Don't say that because, yeah, look, when I was a kid, I know you're like way younger than me that much younger than you <laughs> when i was a kid we didn't have the vaccine the vaccine came out in 95 yeah. and so i got chicken pox when i was like six or seven mm-hmm. and i remember whatever i do remember of that it's like oh that was unpleasant mm-hmm. i remember my mom giving me a bath with like the lotion sure. whatever it was and then i got better and i haven't had any problems with that mm-hmm. but not all kids come out that way some of them could have long-term consequences and even if you um get over the chicken pox like you mentioned you might get shingles down the road. Mm-hmm. You might have issues, health issues down the road. So, okay. Yeah. I, everything you said is correct. Like, for most kids, 
Chicken pox probably isn't a big deal. I got them when I was one. I also didn't get the vaccine. I'm yeah. like two years younger than you. Fucking chill. <laughs> um, couldn't go to Disney World or Disneyland. I'm not sure. I uh-huh. was one. Um, but all of that aside, it is just fucking buck wild to me that people's position is, I don't want to give my kid a shot because this illness will only make them horribly uncomfortable for like a week. And that's fine with me. Like right, I'm I would fine rather with my kids suffering for yeah. A week. I'd rather yeah, and like menial suffering though it may be. Most kids are like it's just uncomfortable. I've seen that episode of Friends when they have to tape <laughs> the the oven mitts on their hands. <laughs> Some people know what that means. You don't. No. Um, and it's just wild to me that you wouldn't say like, oh, cool, my kid can skip a really unpleasant childhood illness even if it's not like deadly. Oh, that sounds like a good thing I would like to grant my <laughs> he, child. He put his kids in harm's way. Why? Apparently to like own the libs or something. <laughs> and they did have these chicken pox parties. Like that was a thing I remember hearing about. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, oh, oh one, for this sure. is what Bevan said. He said uh, a neighbor had chicken pox and I went and made sure every one of my kids was exposed to it and they got it. They had it as children. They were miserable for a few days you and they all, all the turned out fine. at the same time. Yeah. Can you imagine however he probably oh, has like God, 17 yeah. children like all <laughs> having chicken pox at the same time? All at the same time. And again, uh, health experts have said, like, I had a patient who was a pregnant woman who became exposed to chicken pox. She became ill. She developed pneumonia. Either she or her baby or both did not survive. That is what happens if you aren't vaccinated. And Bevan is acting like, nope, totally fine. Worth the risk. No, that's the other thing. It's similar to, like, the flu shot of, like, oh, chicken pox aren't that bad. Oh, flu isn't that bad. Like, no, and you'll probably, statistically, you or I, if we got the flu would probably be fine, but my 97-year-old grandmother probably wouldn't be super great. Yeah. And if somebody's pregnant, they're probably not going to be super great. And guess what? Like, the flu fucking kills people every year. Right. Like, a lot of and people. your kid's not getting so vaccinated like, is ruining the herd immunity you yes, need from vaccines so just, the virus can't travel. But just this weird instinct to downplay being sick as yeah. if, like... He's so pro-life, he risked nine of his children's lives. It's just really... It kind of feels like the the um, furthest step of, you know, when older people about younger generations, like, oh, when I was your age, my parents hit me with a strap. And so you kids are like, it's all that like. And I, I went turned through- out okay. No, you didn't. You think it's okay to get hit by a strap. Right. But you're it's also okay. like a, a thing where you're like, I I went through this. You should too. Look, yeah. So for me, I'm like, well, I went through a lot the of tough things. Love thing. Yeah, I went through a lot of things when I was young that I would not wish my own children to go through. But other people are like, I got bullied. Fuck you. You're gonna get bullied in your face, eight year old. And <laughs> this feels like the like the logical conclusion of this of like, I fucking got chicken pox. You six year old. You get chicken pox. You asshole. You're not gonna <laughs> skate through life. Without the physical and emotional scars. I want to see that on a governor's proclamation somewhere. Fuck you. And by the way, this is all happening as the hepatitis A virus has killed 44 people in the state. And measles is coming back. And like, what the fuck are we doing? Why is this? How is this? This is what happens when you elect an anti-science person as your leader. But it's not even science. It's just fucking plain logic. Like, how are is somebody standing on the other side of an argument where you say if you give a kid a shot they're not going to get these 18 diseases doesn't that sound nice for you and your children like no fuck you 
Fuck you telling me what to put in my kid. I want my kid to get measles, mumps, <laughs> and rubella all at the same time. Yes. Uh, a commenter Are you mentioned... Impressed? I know what MMR stands for. Nicely done. Um, a commenter mentioned this, which is that Bevan also said the decision shouldn't be up to the government. Like, it should be up to the parents. He said, he's like, this is America. The government shouldn't be forcing this upon people. Oh, they shouldn't. Dick, Bevins. Do you know what his position is on abortions? <laughs> oh, my God. It's, no, I get to make the final decision about what happens to your body. But the shots, no, no, no. The shots is between a parent and a child. It's just so wild because it, like, chickenpox oh. feels low stakes, but it's just so indicative of everything <laughs> that's happening. I have two, I have two of my own chickenpox stories that I'm bringing to this week. What else? Do you that got? means we have a total of three chickenpox stories because people. We should have zero chickenpox stories. I don't want to talk about chickenpox. <laughs> this is not what I got into the lucrative podcasting <laughs> game for. I've gotten this game to yell about baby boomers. Everyone knows that's my passion. Um, so, <laughs> so there's a politician um, in Italy. He's far right. His name is uh, Massimiliano Frederica. Nice. My Italian grandparents are really proud of me. Um, he's diagnosed with chicken pox. He was hospitalized because guess what? When adults get the fucking chicken pox, it can be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um Fun fact about uh, Frederica, he opposed legislation that prevents kids from attending daycare or preschool if they're not vaccinated against 12 childhood diseases. And that also includes um, a fine on parents who don't vaccinate their kids. He's against the mandatory vaccines. Mm -hmm. And then... So this is maybe my favorite part. He said that the laws amount to parents being coerced and called proponents of the law. Are you ready for this? Stalinist. Oh, yeah. Cool. Really good reading of history. <laughs> you really understood what happened in World Stalinist War II. Because Stalinist made everyone's health care better by giving <laughs> them the good shots. And here's the, Frederica <laughs> attempt to clarify he's not against vaccination and slammed the, qu- <laughs> the quote, celebratory comments on Twitter <laughs> in regard to his hospital stay. So There's I, no shot against Schadenfreude. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> He said he's in favor of vaccines, but he just doesn't think requirements are the way to go. That's which is Jenny like, McCarthy's position. No, that's the, <laughs> that's the really frustrating thing. Is like that, this is a, a an not, argument I see all the time. If you're against mandatory vaccines on a set schedule that experts have already figured out, and you're like, no, I just want the shot spread out over no, the. No, then year. you're against. Then vaccines. you're against vaccines because they work when they're there early and they're there <sighs> from birth and. Um, another one back in uh, back in our old Kentucky home, yes. the Bluegrass State. There is a gentleman named Jerome Kunkel. He is a senior at Our Lady of the Sacred Heart slash Assumption Academy in Walton, Kentucky. Haven't heard a lot of Catholic churches with slashes in their name, huh? Mm. Anyway, um, he won't get the chickenpox vaccine. Okay. Guess what's going on in his school? Outbreak. A chickenpox outbreak. Um, there's 32 um, people who have been affected. And so um, the local health department barred students who aren't immunized against chickenpox from attending school and canceled um, extracurricular activities during an outbreak. So guess what Jerome Kunkel is doing, this brave, brave soldier? What's this brave soldier doing? Onward, Christian soldier. He is suing the local health department. (laughs) How dare you try to keep me from getting sick, you motherfuckers? (laughs) Quote, the fact that I can't finish my senior year of basketball, like our last couple of games, is pretty devastating. I mean, you go through four years of high school playing basketball, but you look forward to your senior year, he said. 
<laughs> so, so it's his job to make sure everyone suffers yeah. through his presence. Um, so his dad, Bill Kunkel, to- uh, said that he doesn't believe in the chicken, box, chicken pox vaccine and that they're trying to push it on us. They object to this vaccine because they believed what? Uh, Why did these uh, good Christian people object to the chicken pox cap? Because vaccine. it uses fetal cells. That's it! Yeah. Because it's derived from aborted fetuses. Quote, and of course, Again, as we're Christians, we're against so, abortion. They're so pro-life that they want to put all these people at risk of dying. Yerp. And CNN did like a really nice, like just that quote. And then the chicken box vaccine is not derived from aborted fetuses. <laughs> <laughs> There's a number of vaccines made in des- and descended cells of aborted fetuses dating back several decades. Right. So anyway, everybody's oh just God. being really cool and fucking chill as <laughs> usual. So there's a good segue for this. So there's a Christian group called One Million Moms, uh, which is I can't tell if it's stupid marketing or brilliant marketing because oh, they have so like 3,600 Twitter followers. They And I've only ever heard one name associated with the group. It's like Bill Donahue and the Catholic League. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm pretty sure the league is just you. It's just you. And I'm pretty sure the one million is you rounding up from one. <laughs> <laughs> but so they put out these releases every couple of days. Like, how dare these people insult my family like sure. this? And one of the it's not even the latest because another one came out today. But oh, really? This week they went after Kit Kat, the, the so candy bar, fucking good. because a commercial that's been out for months. It's a 30 second oh, commercial. Is it? Oh, it's old. Yeah. The commercial, it's just them, instead of the usual break me off a piece jingle, Uh they just have the Kit Kat like up close and you breaking it in half so you could see the inside. But playing in the background (laughs) is Missy Elliott's Work It. (laughs) Could you you break me (laughs) off a piece of Uh, of that? There's a line in the song. First of all, they only play three lines from the song. Uh And I know the song well because you know that's what I listen to all the time. And I played it for my kid when she was two months old, and now she dances to it. Wait, is that a true story? That is a true story. That's excellent. <laughs> Alexa, play Work It. Oh, it's fun. Uh, I prefer Lose Control. Oh, you activated I, my Alexa. There Alexa, I go. turn off. So, <laughs> Alexa, shut up. So the song, the commercial only plays like two lines, which are gibberish, more or less. Well, it's um, it's not gibberish. It's the previous line played backwards. Thank you. Hemet, read a fucking book. Right. And then they have one line that says, if you got a big elephant noise, let me search it. And this is what one million moms slash one woman said. The inappropriate song playing in this commercial is called Work It, blah, blah, blah. Has no place in a candy <laughs> bar commercial. <laughs> the song is about sex and the lyrics are extremely offensive. Okay. The song includes a word for male genitalia that is bleeped out by an elephant trumpet. Everyone knows children repeat what they hear. So if your kid says, ah, (laughs) that is what she's offended (laughs) by. (laughs) Because no one is watching this commercial coming back. And saying, Mommy, let me tell you what I saw on the yeah, TV Yeah, coming into this, I was hoping you would do the elephant noise. and I, I deliver you, what the people you want. You really, it's, <laughs> it was better than I could have imagined it. Like, Jesus Christ, ladies, find something real to get upset. I know people say this about liberals all the time. Like, oh. Talk about snowflakes. Yeah, like, I there's actual real shit going. There's children in cages. Are we that mad about they a Kit set up Kat a commercial? petition so people would complain to Kit Kat about the elephant noise. Because, like, we know oh, what we you're know. really doing. Like, Which I is would wild. Not even, it's not... Like, I swear, I, 
again, I know the song yep. and I've seen the commercial and I never once put two and two together that like, oh, it's that line. Because it's just like, oh, it's Missy Elliott. I don't know why they're playing her to a Kit Kat commercial, but all right, it's a catchy song. And oh, that's a, that's the lyric you're using. I didn't even know that was the lyric they were using like yeah. closely until I saw these people complaining about it because this was the takeaway for everybody. Yeah, I oh saw it God. only in context of knowing that they were complaining, and I so I didn't read anything. I just saw that they were like mad about Kit Kat, and I, wa- I watched the little like thirty second clip, and when <laughs> it did the elephant noise, and it like it like snaps the the <laughs> Kit Kat at the same yeah. time, and I cackled so loud <laughs> and so hard, I almost fell off my chair. It was it was just, uh. just so good. Here's uh, what, I, the reason I say this isn't even the latest one. Today, they came out with another, again, petition because there's a TBS comedy called Miracle Workers that's Steve Buscemi playing God, who's just like, I'm done with this shit. And Daniel Radcliffe playing an angel who has to pick up the slack on the prayers. It's kind of like an office comedy. Oh, that just, sounds funny. They, you, that's exactly the reaction. It's like, all right, I, I see like what you're doing. People. Let's see where this and goes. Daniel Radcliffe is a pretty famous atheist. Yeah. So whatever, let's see what happens. They were like, this show mocks Christianity and sends the wrong message about like what the Bible says. If you're watching this show to get an accurate depiction of what the Bible says, you you turn on the wrong channel. Yeah. And also it's it says it's satire. Like they say, yeah, we're using this premise. Like, guess what? God's not friending you on Facebook either. <laughs> That's not what these shows are supposed to do. And they're just like, how dare they? They wouldn't do this to Islam. Right. No one knows the Islamic stories. They know the Christian ones. That's why it's funny, because it's a myth we all know. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, they so did. That's that. what they were complaining about today. But you know what they said? They didn't say, let's petition TBS. They said, let's go after Subaru, because Subaru advertises on that show. So, hey, Subaru, this show is being funny. How dare you advertise on that? Yeah, there? also, Subaru definitely isn't pandering to a traditionally lesbian <laughs> market. So right. that company has not had like enough shit. Subaru from had an entire storyline in the first season of the L word. Like, I think they're <laughs> fine with this. Yeah. They'll handle a half hour basic cable comedy. Oh my God. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, I have one more yes. upsetting story and then a really excellent story. Yes. Um, so I don't actually don't have, I just wanted to talk about this one more time because the anti, um, abortion heartbeat bill, cleared the Georgia Senate panel. Um, So guess what that means? Jessica's going to talk more about early pregnancy. Hi, everybody. It's your friend (laughs) Jessica. I've never been pregnant, but here we go. I have a uterus. So... So this is going to pass in Georgia, more or less. It, yeah, it's, it's more or less a foregone conclusion. So essentially, when we say six weeks from... <laughs> when we say six weeks... It means six weeks from your last period, which means your period is maybe two weeks late, if that. If you have an irregular period, you probably have even less than that. And so that means if you got pregnant, you might not know it until it is already too late for you to get a legal abortion in Georgia. It is like... 
if you're going to do this, Georgia, I'm talking to you as a state, if you're going to do this, like call it what it fucking is. Ban abortion outright. Don't, because couching it. Don't hide behind this language. Yeah, couching it in this language, which most people, and I will, I'm the first to admit, this is like the last year or two that I learned that you, being six weeks pregnant means you are probably have only been pregnant for like a couple weeks, maybe. I just learned that because it is the most counterintuitive way to judge anything. So when people see this six-week abortion you th- abortion bill, you think, okay, you find out you're pregnant. Six weeks feels like a lot. It's not. And most places, you can't, you can't go in, find out you're pregnant, and get an abortion immediately, not just because there are laws in many places that mean you have to have a 24-hour waiting period, not just because you have to travel far, but just... You have to get an appointment, and sometimes appointments book up. I had to get an ultrasound this week. I had to book it out a week. What would I have done? What would I have done, Hammond? What would you have done? I don't know. I'm just mad. Also, I had to get an ultrasound, and it reminded me of all the transvaginal ultrasound Mm -hmm. things from a couple years ago, and that made me mad because, like, I wasn't suffering from, like, trauma of any kind. And guess what? Transvaginal ultrasounds fucking blow. My I'll left, take your word for it. My left ovary is very far left, just like my politics. I'm not humoring you with that one. That was a joke Mikey made, actually. <laughs> but my left... I can't... It was, it was one of those things that, like, I'm laying there and making small talk with this woman, and I was like, what the fuck is it with being a woman right now? Like, what is going on in the world? Anyway... My IUD is fine. Thank you for asking. Thanks. There's Do I a, share too much on this? No. There's a physicist. But listen, if people are going to start legislating about my body, you guys are going to hear some weird shit about my body. That is the deal I'm going to make with listeners now. If they keep trying to get more and more intrusive of what they can legislate in my body, you're going to hear all kinds of weird shit. I'm going to start So if cut- you want Jessica to shut up, you yeah. better oppose these bills. Yes. I'm going to talk about cramps and mood swings <laughs> and period poops. That's a real thing. Let's talk about physics. <sighs> There's uh, Marcel- Dr. Marcello Gleiser, a professor of physics and astronomy at Dartmouth, just got $1.4 million for the Templeton Prize. And what did he have to do to get that money? It wasn't for a discovery he made or any research he's produced. He won it because he, re- he basically says science and religion might be compatible. And the Templeton people are like, you said the magic words. <laughs> oh, Here's a giant check for you. $1.8 million. $1.4 million, $4 million. Dollars to do that. And it's like the Templeton Foundation. Like, who's paying into that? Uh, Bob Templeton. Charles <laughs> Templeton. From It's been around for a long time, and they give massive amounts of money to uh-huh. one person a year who, who they say has done the most to suggest science and religion are not these mutually exclusive things. is it things. an annual prize, or is yeah. it just like once in a while they're like, oh, I found nope, someone. Every year. $1.4 million every year? Yep. Now, they also fund other stuff. That's not the only money they have. They have a lot of money. Um, and I'll there are a some. lot of researchers who do work that maybe falls in line with that mission that's like, let's talk about how many religious scientists there are. Uh-huh. And that we're doing a survey on that. And they're like, we'll fund that. Um, and here's the thing, Gleiser, as far as like, he's not religious, but what he does say is like, science is one way for us to understand the world. Religion is another way. Like, what has he discovered that suggests the two are compatible? 
nothing. Yeah. He just gives it lip service to say, yeah, these two might be okay. Here's what he said. My mission is to bring back to science and to the people that are interested in science this attachment to the mysterious, to make people understand that science is just one other way for us to engage with the mystery of who we are, which sounds all well and good until you realize, yeah, but when it comes to figuring out how shit works, yeah. science is the only way. Religion has never won that battle. Right. It answers a different set of questions that no one's asking, or at least not in the scientific realm. Like, they're different things. Yeah, this is dumb, Hammond. That's, it, that's my it's take. Total, and it, here's what's infuriating, though. Like, they give this money because they want the media splash because mm-hmm. you see these articles that's like, this big-time physicist says the two are compatible or that you don't need to be an atheist. Like, there's no conclusion he has reached that we would not have known otherwise. Right. But thanks to him, we know... Like, this is why a lot of uh, atheists, a lot of scientists are like, they scoff at the Templeton Prize because it's like, yeah, if you want to sell your soul and be like, yeah, I'll believe in whatever you want me to believe... There's money in it for you. If Richard Dawkins is like, yeah, I could get a million dollars by doing this. Oh, yeah. Like if I just said there's an opening. And again, again, they're always saying like, but I have the ethics not to do it. Yeah. Whatever. Different issue. But the point is like, there's no scientific proof of any of this stuff, Mm -hmm. but they pay it lip service. (laughs) And these people (laughs) love giving it to people who pay that idea lip service. It's not because they discovered something that science can't explain. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's not like there's any research paper they're giving you this money for. Um, Dawkins said of this prize in the past, it's given usually to a scientist who's prepared to say something nice about religion, <laughs> which I think is, yeah, that's Sounds the right. accurate way of putting it. Um, I got, let's talk about this serious story. And of course we're saving it for like an hour into this. Um, but Neil deGrasse Tyson was under this investigation for alleged sexual harassment and uh, alleged rape that happened decades Mm ago. Um, uh, Fox, which shows cosmos and national geographic, which runs his show star talk. Mm -hmm. They said, we're going to investigate this. And so did the Hayden planetarium where he officially works Mm -hmm. And Fox and National Geographic basically, I mean, they issued a statement this week that just said we finished our investigation, uh, we finished the investigation, and the shows are going to come back on the air because they had delayed the premieres and they postponed Star Talk. They said, uh, yeah, we're going to bring the shows back soon. And then they're like, there will be no further comment. Hmm. And that's all they said. They did not say we uncovered that whatever these women were lying or that they found more evidence. They didn't say anything about the investigation. They just said, we're done with it. The shows are coming back. Like he's going to be back on TV Mm -hmm. and that's it. We're not talking about it anymore. Neil deGrasse Tyson hasn't commented on it because why would he want to draw attention to it? But like in terms of what did they uncover? Because what we had were a couple of different, three, I think, different women speaking up about different things. One said, like, he raped her in college. Mm-hmm. He said, we did have sex. It was, we were in a relationship. It didn't end well, but mm-hmm. not that he was saying that happened. Yeah, she accused him of, like, drugging, ha- drugging right. her and raping him. And her. he said, no, we were in a relationship. It didn't work out. We broke up. That mm-hmm. was it. It was consensual all times. Another woman said, I worked for him. He hit on me, which he said, I think he said that happened, but that was not where I was going with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, the point is, and uh, someone else said he touched her body, like, when he was looking at a tattoo. Mm-hmm. He said... Yeah, I, I might have touched her to, like, the shoulder to see the tattoo in full. 
that was clearly I overstepped the line. I shouldn't have done that. I won't do that. Okay. Right. Um, so, but here's the thing. Going after all, looking at all of this, it's like, what? It's a weird situation for me as a fan of his. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to take these women at their word, but I don't know what to do about that. Mm-hmm. And this investigation, I mean, if they said, you know, we talked to people, like the woman who said this thing happened in college, we talked to people she knew. And they all said, yeah, she told us this many times. And like, so we can corroborate what happened then. Or that same thing with these other people. Or maybe they said, yeah, it was pretty bad, and we decided this. Like, they didn't give any information. And so this is where I'm stuck, because it's like, well, I I think I'm glad that they cleared it up and he's going back on TV, but also I don't have any new information. There's no closure on it. There's no closure on it. And maybe the biggest issue is that Fox and National Geographic have a, they have like a skin in this game because Mm -hmm. they already taped Cosmos. I mean, it's very similar to, like, a Catholic church doing an internal... Yeah, we did our own investigation, and everything's fine. It's like, well, if you said, no, it's not fine, you stand to lose a lot of money. So, Mm -hmm. like, again, you're not saying that the investigation was marred in any way, but also you have a stake in the outcome. Right. This was not objective. Right. This was you trying to clear a person. And so for you to just say, nope, we did it, we're done, like, what do you want to do with that? The women uh, who have spoken to reporters about this said... I'm not, they did talk to me, Mm -hmm. but I'm not satisfied with whatever. They didn't talk to everybody. Right. Um, I don't, they're not satisfied with the conclusion. But again, what do you do with this information? Because like, he's going to come back on TV. He'll start making public appearances again. Yeah. I mean, he's still active on Twitter. Like he's, it's all. This is, and again, this is not one of those uh, situations where you have multiple people accusing him of the same thing. Or, or anything like that. This yeah. is just like, well, this horrible story happened a couple of decades ago. He clearly maybe crossed a line with one person mm-hmm. recently. And the other one, maybe I've seen people say the tattoo thing, really not a big deal. That's uh, by of the beholder. She wasn't okay with it. Yeah. So listen to that. But like, again, what do you do when he comes back on the air? Like, here's what I can't answer for you. He's going to post some awesome video at some point, I'm sure. Or a clip from his show. Do I show it? Do I say anything about it? It, Does this investigation and the allegation, does that come up every time you mention his name? Because I've seen like articles about Aziz Ansari coming Mm -hmm. back and doing stand-up comedy. And of course, every time they mention he's doing comedy, they got to mention the allegations against him. And it gets weird because it's how much of this has to follow Neil deGrasse Tyson forever. And at what point do you say, okay, it's done? By the way, the Hayden Planetarium, which has it pays him he's the director Mm -hmm. um they said their investigation is still ongoing they have not issued anything Mm because they're still working on it but like this is where i'm stuck because i don't have a good answer for what to do with this um because i don't want to um publicize or amplify whatever it is not that he needs me but like (laughs) you don't want to amplify what he's doing if i think he's done something like that you don't want to attach you know attach your name to like, what he's doing or like co-signing right. anyway. I haven't I we had a very long conversation about this a few months ago and I have not uh, moved I haven't figured anything else out. Yeah. I genuinely don't know and like I don't want to dig back into it because this doesn't need to be a four-hour podcast. Right. I was hoping I would learn something yeah. that would help me move in one direction or another, and I learned him completely nothing. Or, or gives us something concrete to be like, yeah, he did this. I, 
I don't know. I don't know. This was a really this this sent me on a lot of on a real soul searching journey. And I came up like, I don't know, like it's <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm disappointed in myself with the way I have not the fact that I have not been like, no, somebody accused him of rape and I believe women and therefore fuck him and fuck his contributions. I haven't done that yet. I and I don't feel good that I haven't done that yet. <laughs> right. And so I don't know. I, I would don't also know. keep in mind this, that this is something that some of the reports said. If you're Fox and National Geographic, you're not in the business of getting into did he ever cross the line or anything. Right. That's This isn't the Brett Kavanaugh investigation right. where we're looking into his character. Right. What those companies are doing right now is saying, is there anything he did that could put us in a bad situation? Mm-hmm. Let's say the allegations were true from decades ago. If the statute of limitations has expired, they could very well just say, it happened a long time ago. We don't care what the re- answer is. It doesn't right. affect us. Right. So we don't care. The thing that was inappropriate, did he do anything that was illegal? If the answer is no, and it, by all accounts, like he didn't do anything illegal, In- inappropriate it, perhaps, right. not illegal, then they, Fox and National Geographic might say, he didn't put us in any trouble. So as far as we're concerned... Mm-hmm. W- it's not an issue for us, so we don't care if he's back on TV. We're fine with him being back on. Right. Because ethical issues, character issues, that's not what we're investigating. Right. So, like, again, keep in mind that, because I heard comments, not just on my site, but other places, where they're like, well, I'm glad he's cleared. I'm glad everything's fine. It's like, that's not it's what not... the conclusion is. That's a very Trumpian, like, well, they didn't find collusion, so I guess I'm perfectly good. Right, because the world isn't black and white. The world (laughs) operates in shades of gray. And, like, is is he going to get brought up on criminal charges? No. No. We know that. Suppose an atheist slash science conference has him as a keynote speaker. What do you do with that? I genuinely don't know. And I will say, while, while all of this was going down, the organization I work for was courting him to be our keynote speaker for mm-hmm. for a thing and like I'm not part of that so I don't I just heard his name floating around and then we solidified our speaker list and he wasn't part of it and I was dealing with that because at first it was like oh fuck yeah I'm gonna get to meet him and that's fucking awesome and then the shit came out mm-hmm. and I still don't I still don't know I genuinely still do not know I feel the same way about like fucking Richard Dawkins of like he brought so much to this community and he, he is such an important figure. There are things that he has said and done that I'm not like fucking crazy about. Right. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. And like fucking come at me on Twitter again, if you want, <laughs> like a dude really fucking railed on me and pretty bad faith last time around. And it, it's just, I'm trying to figure out, I know, I believe in myself that I believe women, but sometimes when the rubber hits the road, how does that apply to my life? Right. Like, how does that apply? And I, maybe I am a bad ally and a bad feminist, but like, I'm fucking doing my best to, to sort of figure out what's going on in this. Um, let's move on. Yeah. I've got one more story. Go for it. So this was a thing. <laughs> um, so we recorded a little bit early last week. Um, and literally that afternoon, um, um, Irish Prime Minister Leo Vera... Oh, shit. I should have figured out how to pronounce this. Varadkar? Varadkar? Um, and his partner, Matt Barrett, got to h- hang out with Mike Pence. Now, 
he and his partner got out of the car, met Mike Pence in front of the VP, um, the VP like staging area, I guess. Um, guess who was conspicuously absent? Hmm. Mother Pence. Yes. So, so he brought his wife. Yeah, his he brought sister. his sister instead his sister. of his wife. Right. So, his if you guys don't know where have you been, but Mike Pence is very anti-gay and pro-conversion therapy. He's a monster. Um, and he looks like a Lego character. And so <laughs> for him to, like, so it was like this very thick, like in front of the press, you can hear the cameras clicking. So the, the prime minister and his partner get out, shake hands, shake hands. And then, like, the prime minister kind of, like, sidebars with the sister, who seems very lovely. Like, she seemed very gracious and, and, and nice. I don't know anything about her politics. She could be a monster, too. But uh-huh. she seemed chill from the little I saw. And so he leaves his partner, um, Matt Barrett. <laughs> Talking to Pence, and I just watched like the whole clip of them interacting, and for like forty five seconds, Mike Pence, like I, you kind of look at everybody's body language of like, you know, <laughs> one of them has their hand in their pockets, and the the sister has her hands clasped, and like looked casual, and Mike Pence looked like a figurine, like his arms were like kind of by his side, and this horribly body unnatural language way very much. of like, I don't want to be here. Um, and then, so that was pretty fun for me to watch. It wasn't, it was fine. Eventually he didn't seem like a monster or whatever. Like it wasn't as bad as I hoped it could be because I would like to see that kind of shit roll down. <laughs> but, um. That is cool that a world leader is like, here's my, uh, gay partner. Right. Um, and you're going to have to deal with that because I'm going to make a speech about how awesome LGBTQ rights yeah, are. Yeah, that was the second and part. And you're going to listen to it and you're going to smile because you have to. Because you have to. Um, the part of the speech was, quote, I have. Um, I always knew at times that I lived in a country. What should I do? An Irish accent? No. <laughs> that I lived in a country where if I tried to be myself at the time, it would have broken laws. But today, that's all changed. I is his name Varakar? Ver? I have a typo. Either in one place or another place. Um, I stand here as the leader of my country, flawed and human, judged by my political actions, not by my sexual orientation, my skin tone, gender, or religious beliefs. We are, after all, all God's children. Which was mm-hmm. great. I think it's Varakar. I'm pretty sure that's totally wrong. Fuck. You've insulted all of Ireland. Well, I had V A R A D K A R, and then I have V A R A K K A R. So who knows what happened there? Um, do you have anything else? No, we're good. Okay. Um, anything you want to talk about besides your announcements? Um, no. If you like the projects I'm trying to do, patreon.com slash Hemant. If you like the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'll be in Madison next week. Come on down. Cool. Um, I would like to point people to the latest episode of Pod Save America. They interviewed Lauren Underwood, who uh, is... Yes. Um, a representative from around here. I, I volunteer in her campaign, and she is great. Um, so that was fun. Also, guest of the show, Kenny Campbell, who I interviewed, friend of my family, um, who's an actor who has nothing to do with atheism, but I had a microphone. He's a cool guy. Um, that interview came out maybe a month ago. His movie just started, Wonder Park. I went to see it with Mikey. We were the only adults without children in the theater at that Saturday matinee. It was weird and fun. Um, and also, so this year, my uh, Mikey turns 40, and we had to be in Rochester on his birthday for a, uh, a wedding. Yeah. So we are doing a big road trip around the Northeast, and we're going to visit a bunch of uh, ballparks. So we're doing, uh, God, Cleveland, Philly, nope, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, D.C., Baltimore, Philly, 
New York City, Cooperstown, New York, Rochester, Toronto, and Detroit. Um, and I've got an extra night in, I think, D.C. and New York City. So I may, if there's any interest, I may see if we want to do like a small meetup like I did in Sweet. L.A. Because there was like eight people that showed up, which was a perfect amount of people. <laughs> it wasn't overwhelming, but it didn't embarrass me that only one person showed up. and like, please come celebrate me. Anyway, um, so that's going to be in like... Um, third week in August. So if I just wanted to put it out there, see if any if it gets any traction. And if it does, we'll we'll try to put something in place. Um more yeah. details to come. Yeah, details TK. Um you can follow me on Twitter at um Blueberry B L U E B U R I E. I'm at Heaven Meta. Yeah. And you can email we'll us at friendly podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week, same bat time. <laughs> Whatever it is. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>